Well, it's complicated because I have a body and I'm in a folding chair. So there's like a lot of shifting that my body is doing that I need you not to hear. So that's a thing. I hadn't read it in months, so I reread most of it and then stopped reading because I thought, I want to experience this with the listener. There's this fear you're going to read your book and think, oh, it's not that good. But I think it's good. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet researcher Kat Bohannon, children's writer Jacqueline Woodson, and puberty expert and writer Vanessa Kroll Bennett. Press play to hear how these authors radically celebrate the human experience, from the processes of the human body to the relationships we share with each other. Enjoy. Hi, this is Kat Bohannon, author of Eve, How the Female Body Drove 200 Million Years of Human Evolution. I wrote this book because it's legitimately crazy that this book didn't exist before. There is no book out there about the evolution of women's bodies that really takes on the cutting-edge science that's going down right now in labs around the world. See, the female body is radically understudied until about 10 to 15 years ago. Well, 20 if we're being generous. That's when all of a sudden labs everywhere started saying, oh crap, the biology of sex differences. Turns out that matters. And so Paper after paper has been coming out, and it's just really changing the story of how we understand where we came from and what we are. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be complicated? Well, it's complicated because I have a body and I'm in a folding chair. So there's like a lot of shifting that my body is doing that I need you not to hear. So that's a thing. It was complicated because I had to commute here from where I actually live, and one day I had to, like, borrow a car. It was also complicated because when you write for the page, you're not necessarily thinking about how it's going to play out for an ear. Like, there's a lot of footnotes that we had to bring up into the text and kind of decide on the fly which ones to keep and which ones not to. And I had to do some kind of real-time editing of how to bridge from those footnotes that a sighted person would see on the page as, you know, down on the bottom. But if you're listening to it, of course, it doesn't work at all. So you have to then reconnect your original thought. I did realize, which I didn't know, that I have trouble pronouncing L's. La 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 la. Especially when my tongue is tired. L of any sort, but particularly in sequence, is really hard. Also particularly, I would like to never write that word again. My favorite section to record was probably anything having to do with penises because I could hear my team out here quietly suppressing laughter or painfully looking away. It was kind of both, and so that made it fun because I felt like I was doing a bit even when I wasn't doing a bit. I prepared for the audiobook recording by trying to get sleep and sometimes succeeding. If I had to record again, I would bring a water bottle with me into the studio because I actually went through a lot of disposable water bottles. So the like cumulative climate guilt over the course of the recording has been not insignificant. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Sigourney Weaver. 
I mean, wouldn't you? The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was actually a while back. It was Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Now, there are so many reasons to love that book that I don't need to get into. But I was also listening to it driving with my husband while we were in kind of a complicated spot in our marriage through rural Texas going to this wedding in this sort of backwater rural Texas town. Now, they later got divorced, but the wedding was gorgeous. But also importantly, there was just something about listening to Trevor's voice going through this really barren landscape as he described all of the amazing things of his life. And he's such a performer. Oh, my God, that man can really hit a note, you know? So, yeah, that one was great. I love listening to audiobooks while I'm doing something else, actually. I guess because, like, when I'm reading books, I'm having that very isolated I am book reading now experience, right? But, like, books actually live in our lives in lots of different ways. We think about them when we're not reading them, you know? So, like, if I'm on a bike commuting somewhere and I can listen to an audiobook, then that means that book can live in my life while I'm doing the stuff that I'm doing, you know? I don't know. I just kind of like it. I probably shouldn't listen to it very loud because then I'll probably crash my bike, but I still do it, I admit. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. There in the soft grass, in the wet crush of evening, she was waiting, furred body shirred with drops of rain no bigger than a human thumb. We call her Morgie, Little Hunter, one of the first eaves. She waited at the mouth of her burrow because the sky was still pale, streaky threads of photons refracting through clouds, the deepening blue beyond. She waited because her cells told her to, all the little clocks in her clockwork, and her eyes, and her whiskers twitching in the air, and the temperature of the dirt under her footpads. She waited because there were monsters in the world, and they waited for her, too. Hi, this is Jacqueline Woodson, author of Remember Us. I wrote this book because I wanted to go back and remember the fires of my childhood and begin to make sense of them. And I've always found that the way I make sense of the past and even sometimes the present is by writing about it. So even though it's fiction, it's based on that investigation of a part of my past. The Vulcan Firefighters, which I talk about in Remember Us, is a fraternity of black firefighters that came together mainly because there was so much racism in the fire department of New York at that time that people needed a way to protect themselves and to find family in the workplace. And so they established the Vulcans. I found out about them through my niece, Sadie Rain, who's a librarian who helped me do a lot of research for this book. And I was fascinated in thinking about how people survive really hard situations. If I had to describe the recording of my audio book in one word, I would not be able to do it because I am a writer. And the reason I write is because I have so many more than one word. And it's hard to even imagine one word describing something like this. But 
the word I would say at this point now that I'm at the end of recording it is grateful. Grateful to the people who helped make this possible. Grateful to the family that allowed me to leave my home for two days and come here and work on the audiobook. And just grateful to be able to tell stories in many forms. I'm excited for my listeners to meet Freddie and Sage and experience their relationship because I think a lot of times people don't think about the importance of relationships that happen when we're young and how those memories and moments stay with us and really do inform the rest of our lives. I loved creating Sage. I loved creating Freddie. And I loved creating the dynamic they had and the love that they had for each other and the way they just saw each other. You know, my hope is that everyone in this lifetime gets to have a friend like that. I prepared for the audiobook recording by rereading the book. I reread most of it, and then I realized I wanted to be surprised a little. I hadn't read it in months, so I read the first half and then stopped reading because I thought, I want to see what happens. I want to experience this with the listener. (laughs) And I also prepared by being careful about what I ate because you're using your voice a lot, and certain foods can impact that. In terms of thinking about what I would bring into the studio that I didn't have this time, I was thinking that I would bring some cheerleaders who are like, you got this, Jackie, just take a breath. But I feel like that was my director. (laughs) Simone really helped me think about what I was doing and helped me see and feel good about doing it right. (laughs) Having a cheerleader, if that cheerleader is your kid saying, you got this, Mommy, really does help. If I hadn't been able to record this, I think I would have loved to have Carson McCullers record it (laughs) because even though this book takes place in Brooklyn and it takes place at a particular time, I remember hearing Carson McCullers record part of Member of the Wedding, and she had this old Southern accent that you don't hear anymore. You think about the way language gets lost, also the way people speak gets lost. I think about Carson McCullers, I think about James Baldwin, I think about some of the old school writers who had a way of pronouncing words and having a certain cadence that just lulls you into the narrative. So even though both those writers don't seem to have a lot to do with Remember Us, I think they would have added a certain something to the narrative that would have surprised people and pulled them in. The last audiobook that I listened to and really enjoyed was Kiesi Lehman's Heavy. I just thought it was a really thoughtful book, and I know I would have had a different experience reading it. I think my favorite audiobook of all time and still counting is The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. I've listened to that many, many times, but Kiese was the last book I'd listened to that I thought, okay, I need to stop listening for a moment just to let that story live inside me for a while. I love listening to audiobooks while I walk, and I walk a lot. I try to walk anywhere between three and seven miles a day, and so a good audiobook will keep me walking, and I love that. (laughs) 
And now I hope you enjoy this clip from my audiobook. The moon is bright tonight and full, hanging low above the house across the street where an orange curtain blows in and out of my neighbor's window. Out and in. And past the curtain, there's the golden light of their living room lamps. Beyond that, there is the pulsing blue of their television screen. I see this all now. I see a world continuing. Hi, this is Vanessa Kroll Bennett, the author of This is So Awkward, Modern Puberty Explained. I wrote my book, I actually co-wrote my book with Karen Anderson, because we work together all day, every day, to help guide adults caring for kids through puberty. We do a podcast, we have a product company, we have a newsletter, and we just felt like we needed a book because people keep asking us to write the book. So this is the book that's going to help people feel a little bit less awkward about caring for kids through puberty. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, I think the word would be proud. I felt really proud. I felt like reading our words again, like we're doing something really important for the world. We're doing something important for caregivers. We're doing something important for the kids and their care to make things feel less awkward, less scary, less overwhelming. And like there's this fear you're going to read your book and think, oh, it's not that good. But I think it's good, and I'm really proud of it. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word demur, which I've used in writing, but I've never actually had to say out loud, and I wasn't sure if it was demure which is a totally separate word, or demur, but luckily my director helped me out with that. I think I'm really excited that listeners will hear the different ways, the different tones of voices, and the different approaches to talking to kids about tricky topics. The book has like a bunch of kind of prompts and starter comments and I think it helps for people to hear it spoken out loud and not just to read those prompts. My favorite section to record, I think it was the sex, porn, and hookup culture section because I'm super comfortable reading all these words and phrases out loud, and I think it's going to be a little bit shocking for people to hear all those words said out loud. They're not bad words. They're anatomically correct words. And, you know, they're not naughty in any way, but I think it's unusual for people to hear them said out loud. So I really enjoyed recording that part of the book. If I had to record the book again, well, I wouldn't bring anything more into the studio with me because actually I brought too much stuff and then I didn't need any of it. I have like a huge tote bag full of snacks and tea and everything, and it's still just sitting the way it has been for the last couple days. So I wouldn't bring more. I think I'd bring less. If I wasn't going to record my own audiobook, 
I think I would cast Maya Rudolph because I feel like she would do all the different voices so, so well. And also because she's, like, caring for kids through this process. So I feel like she would really appreciate what it means to be a parent of a kid in puberty. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. All adults are survivors of puberty. But for most of us, the scabs of our memories feel bizarrely fresh even decades later. My stomach still turns at the thought of getting my first period in borrowed blush ballet tights. Uh, no, they were not returned to their rightful owner. And Kara still winces when she flashes back to her brother's repeated taunts. You're so flat the walls are jealous. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.